this is Millie Iatru. And this is Eileen Lee. We are sound supervisors. We're sound supervisors on La La Land. And we're a sound editing team. And we were just nominated for Academy Award for sound editing. And Eileen was also nominated for an Academy Award for sound mixing. One where she goes to a casting call and you guys highlighted the, the electrical sound of the camera. as it's just sitting there staring at her as if it's this sort of all watchful eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I felt as it carries through it, it, it kind of goes all the way to when she first starts writing her play is the first time you hear anything that's sort of analog and dirty with the sound of her pen. Mm -hmm. And then getting into when they have their fight and when the, the audio drops out and deciding that the record player was going to be a calm sort of hiss rather than most people would probably use a skipping record because it would self-reference itself that the music has stopped and it would make this sort of big point so where she likes jazz and she's grown up and she's a little more dirty but she's not as disruptive as him yeah that's a really good insight i know that was <laughs> I like, yeah it's all a lot of his props to damien and justin you could even tell in all his dialogue scene and how they pace that fight the dialogue in between them and how Damien liked to use almost like a production foley props or the cutlery sounds or the drinking in between the lines to help accentuate the rhythm of the of that scene. In a sense it's not like obvious that it's music but in a way it has this musical rhythm in there too. It's also you have the, all these beautiful music during that courtship and then by the end of that dinner fight scene, the music stopped. Almost like in you know, that honeymoon phase it was over. I've watched that scene hundreds of times maybe, and I never ever notice exactly when the music goes away <laughs> because <laughs> I get so sucked into the argument every time and then but then at a certain point you realize the music has stopped. But for me, yeah. I don't real I don't hear it when it stops. I realize, oh my god, the music stopped. And I think for you, for when I Ling brought in the the sound of the record, the record hitting the grooves. Oh, the yeah, the hiss. It doesn't start as if correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't start right away when the music stops. It starts later on. So yeah, you have this tense silence moment of silence between the two of them. Yeah. You, then you hear the hiss coming in of the record. Good afternoon. How may we help you? Is there, do you see, what kind of relevance do you see in the nomination beyond that you guys did amazing work and you got nominated? When I saw that we were the first um, woman team of sound sound editors. I didn't yeah. know that. It never occurred to me. I didn't know that. So it it was a kind of a surprise, but it, made, it I was very happy to see that and it, makes me very hopeful especially I know the editor I can't remember her full name Joy and I can't remember her last name she's the first African-American woman to be nominated for Moonlight for Moonlight for, yeah. for best picture editor I didn't know that either that that had never happened before so it makes me very hopeful and very happy to be part of that yeah uh, I mean we all always try to do our best work on every project and we just feel really glad and fortunate we got this nomination and to find out that we are the first female team for sound editing it's, it's an honor from the very beginning when you introduce me and sebastian it, it's 
articulated who they were and who they were going to be through their sounds. So she's very, you know, driving a Prius. She's very clean and sort of non-disruptive as she's doing her lines into her cell phone that isn't on, whereas he's driving an old car that's loud and he's rewinding tape and making all these sort of noises until he honks at her. And it's like that basically sort of archetype how they're going to come together. I'm sure that that's how Damien wrote the characters, because it's funny, I never thought of it till now, but when you described it, I thought, yes, Sebastian's very analog, and she's a little more modern and digital, yeah. even though yeah. they're both dreamers, and they both have, you know, they both love old Hollywood. He loves jazz, she loves old Hollywood, but he's a very analog character, so. Yeah, it's, it's written that way in the script. Eileen and I were both working on a film by Cameron Crowe called We Bought a Zoo, and Eileen was brought on. I was working at Fox, and the film was a Fox film. And Eileen was brought onto the show by one of the mixers, Doug Hemphill, who had worked with her and thought she'd be perfect as a sound designer for the film. And we started working together, and I was already supposed to be the supervisor, the sound supervisor on it and I was going to supervise with another person, but she couldn't do it. So as we started working together and, and we were working really well together, I, I asked if she wanted to supervise it with me and she said yes. So that was the first time we worked together as a sound supervising team. And okay. since then we've done, I think, is this our fourth or fifth? Probably. I think fourth. Fourth, maybe for La La Land. Oh, and now we're and now we're also working on um, Battle of the Sexes, which is about the Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs tennis match. Um, so I would think a supervisor would have more of a direct relationship with the filmmakers to meet with them to discuss ideas to see how you know the sound can help with storytelling and to try to take everyone's ideas including your own and work on it to make it come to fruition and also typically in sound editorial department for features composed by a team of sound editors mainly broken up into dialogue ADR effects and Foley. So the sound supervisor would then coordinate with the sound editors to try to achieve the vision of the filmmakers. And sometimes the sound supervisor would also edit the sounds together or together everyone's uh, work together and to put it together to present it. Well, usually the way when we supervise together, I focus on dialogue and ADR, all the spoken words for the most part, and Eileen deals with sound design, sound effects, backgrounds, and then there's usually a Foley person, a Foley supervisor, but she supervises that Foley supervisor to tell him the kind of footsteps, what the director wants, because originally when we first start on a show, the first thing we do is meet with the director and picture editor, and we have a spotting session, and we play the whole movie and take notes, and they give us their vision of how it should sound. And it, it evolves because they'll give us a bunch of notes, we will do them, and then they'll change their mind sometime or, or go, go farther with something. 
Um, yeah, or sometimes if you have an idea, that's when during the spotting session you discuss with the filmmakers, you know, between their ideas and your ideas. For La La Land, Andy Nelson, who is one of the re-recording mixers for the film, he uh, mixed the dialogue and music. Damien Chazelle, the director, had met with Andy earlier, and he really wanted Andy to work on the film. So from that point, Damien started interviewing a list of different sound supervisors, sound designers for it, and I guess I was on the shortlist. So I read the script and, and met with Damien. Tom Cross, who's the picture editor, and Jordan Horowitz, who is one of the one of the producers. So during the interview process, we talked about the script and what he liked for the soundscapes of the film and any film references for the soundscapes of it. Obviously, we talked a lot about you know how LA is such a big character of the film and so how do we make use of sound and keeping everything natural sounding and real that can help with the seamless transition into musical numbers because he wants to avoid the sound to sound like um, they are suddenly singing in a pre-recorded studio but anyway so from that point on from reading the script, I could tell he has a lot of excellent film references to some uh, classic films like Umbrellas or Sherberg, Singing in the Rain, and movies like that. And shortly after that meeting, I found out that I was hired. And having worked with Millie, she had done so many great musicals with, with her experience. We thought would be a good team to work together to supervise this movie. About a month later, I think, we started on the film mm -hmm. and we all saw the very first really early cut of the film without any sound work done, but still with a temp but original music from Justin Hurwitz, who's the composer. Okay. And yeah. you could tell even at that time with how it shot, the directions, the choices that Damien made and all of the beautiful original music, it was going to be a really beautiful, personable movie. From that point on, you know, things get polished, the cuts evolves, but I think the core of it remains a beautiful and classic film. You have to think, okay, what is the style of the film? What is the, like you said, the palette? What is the, the mood of the film, the textures of the film? And we do the sound work according to that. So in the case of La La Land, because he made it very clear that he wanted the sound to be very naturalistic and then have it seamlessly transition into the musical numbers. On my side, because I was doing dialogue and ADR, I tried really hard to use all the production sound that was recorded with the images and not replace a lot of it with ADR and dubbing because I, I knew that he didn't want that, he wanted it to sound real. And then even with the singing, there were places, there were several places in the movie where the singing was done live on set and for the more emotional numbers, like her audition number at the end. So I did cover some of it in ADR, but sometimes I would just use a word or a syllable so that I could keep as much of the production as possible. But then on other movies, like something like Planet of the Apes or, or, or an action film, you know they're going to use a lot of ADR and you cover it and you, know, you record all the ADR and you try to you know, get it in the movie. But in this case, I, I held back. I really tried to make all the production work. And Andy Nelson, who is the, as Eileen said, 
he's a he's a really great re-recording mixer. He's mixed a lot of musicals. He mixes all of Spielberg's films. He's really great with making production sound work. And as we went through the film, would decide like, yes, we can make this production work, even though it sounds really noisy. We're just going to make it work and maybe sprinkle in a couple of words of ADR. And they helped anchor the film and keep it in reality until it took flight in, into a musical fantasy world. The duet number where they're dancing up on uh, overlooking Los Angeles and the, the first dance they have together where she's wearing the yellow dress. That duet goes from production, speaking, and there of course there's background sounds, the noises of Los Angeles. Eileen put more backgrounds on. Then it transitions into the musical, but because I don't know if it's Ryan Gosling's voice or the way it was recorded possibly, but the quality of his voice was very similar to the quality of the production. And so it was like this gradual transition. So on my on my side, I had to extend the, I had to make a background fill of what, what the noisy background that was with the dialogue. And so we continued that over the transition to the music and Eileen did the same thing with her sound effects. Yeah, basically uh, for that scene then, I would maintain all the background, the city sounds, the insects through that singing. And as the song goes, they slowly taper down so that the music would take more precedent. And also we kind of established fully cloth movement, back movement, footsteps, hand grabbing the lamppost. That helps ground them rather than just pre-recorded singing voice. So the fully kind of helps make it feel like it's hopefully it's a live recording that they are really singing there. With a musical, I guess, when you do the mix, uh, you gotta be very selective. And even when you edit these fully, you gotta be really careful to make sure they are in rhythm to the music, mm -hmm. rather yeah. than too much on in sync sometimes, because your eyes can kind of fool you, because um, you, your brain just connects to the rhythm than what you see on sync sometimes. And of course, the, the pitch and tone of the sound it should not clash with music otherwise either they just get lost in it or just pokes out like a sore thumb like say for the opening number even though every so often they are dance they're walking around dancing around we were careful not to play all of them all the time it's only used to help accentuate the music or a particular move that you see and Damien is very specific about that and and he's very like meticulous every single step, every single scrape or hand grab down to almost like exact science. So with it, like say the in the opening, you know, even though sometimes uh, in the middle of the, of the traffic song, when a group of them are dancing on the cars, um, we did not play that because sometimes those sounds may overpower the music so for those you know I opt not to play up their stomps at all but later on in the traffic song when you see the wide shot uh, of all the dancers on top of the cars for that area I played some of their stomping and dancing on the car roof because well, that because that's also after they introduce the percussion band in the truck right so it kind of justifies yeah. a, a shift in yes yeah sonic yeah or even like the crowd, suddenly you hear them like cheering and clapping in rhythm to the music. Little moments like that, it helps ground it and actually makes it more fun. 
with Damien, I mean, he, there was a really nice give and take, but he, starting off for every scene, he, he gave, he sort of told us what he wanted, and then it would evolve, but we would usually start with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would kind of tell us his vision, and, you know, even the opening wants to hear horns coming out and sla slowly building up the horns and the car radios to build into a, a cacophony of sound, real sounds, and then through that the musical number comes in. I want to make sure people know it's in a traffic jam. The cars are standing still, so he doesn't want to hear any sounds of car buys or cars idling. That's good, but not any kind of move, like cars moving. Since we were trying to sell through a soundscape to the audience that we are in a traffic jam, in Los Angeles without seeing it visually until later on when the camera pans down. Did it feel like this had more music than you're used to working with and did that complicate it all or was it just be since it was a musical it kind of it's like nope this is the world? Yeah I don't feel like it had more it's funny because especially when you work on some of these bigger action movies they mm -hmm. have so much music they're, in them. Some, sometimes, crammed. yes, and and, <laughs> and often when when I we're at the final mix, and on movies like that, inevitably someone, one of the producers or the director says, "What if we took that cue out? And what if we took that cue out?" But um, in La La Land, it was different because it was all mapped out ahead of time, and maybe because the music was so integral to the story, mm -hmm. and it was it was the story. I didn't feel I didn't feel like it, there was more music than usual. I felt like the music was was just such a big part of the story. It was very itself. organic. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, the it, it's a real testament to the kind of everyone's work on it. That from I mean from the 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 shifts from the sort of natural landscapes to the music and back and forth, it all feels like it's a cohesive whole of its own world, which is kind of the best thing you want, right? Is that it's it it feels like whatever it is, it is its identity. You know, the the way that the visuals are shot and the way things were cut together then kind of allowed the, the audio to be informed but also sometimes emphasize it more to create and kind of broaden out that palette of rhythm. So it's like the whole thing feels just like a a big kind of musical number as a two-hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is the best, it really is the best kind of, the best case scenario in terms of doing sound for a film when it's organic like that and it's all of one piece and everything goes together so well. Let's do that, because then we'll be able to open the house. So if you want to actually do this, so, uh, like, 